what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. U.S. health advisors want you to know your health coverage does not have to be complicated. If you aren't happy with your insurance plan, there are unlimited and comprehensive medical plan options available to you right now. U.S. health advisors offer solutions which can't be found anywhere else. They can even offer you the ability to purchase more coverage if and when you need it. U.S. Health Advisors offers fair rates and no surprises. Sounds nice, doesn't it? If you'd like to know more, contact U.S. Health Advisors at 828-554-3032 or by email at daniel.bryant at ushadvisors.com. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on the Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, we have a special guest, Brian Hamilton. He's an entrepreneur and he's founder of the Brian Hamilton Foundation, which has a mission to open the door of entrepreneurship for all Americans by sharing tools and training necessary to start, run, and grow successful businesses. We'll also be sharing some of our small businesses of the month at the end of our show, where we'll highlight some interesting businesses that you should be checking out. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm the director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'll be joined shortly by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Workforce, Productivity, and the Arts at Catawba Valley Community College and is doing important work, and he'll be here shortly. But we're very fortunate to have a guest with us. Uh, Brian Hamilton. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. Great to be here. Brian, uh, just a little bit of introduction. Brian is an entrepreneur who has experienced starting businesses in a broad uh, variety of industries from landscaping to technology. He co-founded a company called SageWorks in 1998, which was the country's first fintech company. And after 20 years of growing the company and becoming one of the largest providers of software to U.S. banks. He sold a stake in, to a private equity firm, and he founded the Brian Hamilton Foundation, which is uh, providing education and tools to help people start businesses. And amazingly, he's done all of this despite having a MBA degree from Duke University. Way to go, Brian. Yeah, well, I won't use the word disabled being from Duke, but it's close to that. So well, I, and, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, I, I only I, I joke because I am a graduate of uh, Chapel Hill. So, uh, you know, I, I despite the yeah, fact, that, yeah, despite the fact that it's uh, we're not enjoying the, the, the most glorious basketball season, I still want to stick it to Duke when I can. So anyway, well, I'm, I'm on your side. When I was at Duke, my best friend, Keith Hart, I'm throwing out to Keith, throwing out the love to Keith Hart in Catawba County and Hickory, my best friend at Duke. And uh, he was a Carolina undergrad, but he was good friends with, I guess, Dean, a guy named Dean Smith. So I went to the Carolina games before I knew I was supposed to hate I uh, hate Duke, so I, I, I was an early uh, convert to uh, to Carolina. Well, we, we, we appreciate you sharing that hate. But anyway, tell us, you know, you, you've got a very broad background uh, in, you know, as an entrepreneur starting businesses. Why don't, you, why don't you share just a little bit of your experience uh, and sort of how did you, how did you uh, get that entrepreneurial spirit and, and, yeah. and, and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's interesting. And the answer is pretty simple, Jeff. When I started out, my mother always says that I started businesses when I was like six and seven, but 
I have to say, I, I don't remember that at all, but I, but I will say um, when I was about nine or 10, it was really super early. Um, I just needed money. You know, everybody likes to claim that they're from a poor background and all that stuff, but we really did have a lot of economic scarcity when I was a kid and massive. My, my sister Susan had gotten terribly sick when she was young um, and my father got hit with about $15,000 of medical bills, which in those days was a lot of money, especially without insurance. Um, he did not have even a high school education. So we had, you know, he had to pay off these bills. He had to work part-time for years. I did that with him. We just, we were surrounded by scarcity and poverty, all this stuff. And if the truth really being direct is that if I wanted to have any extra money, I had to go make the money and you can't get a job at nine and 10 years old. So I started these little door to door businesses. I sold Christmas cards and would like be cutting lawns. I don't know why they would let a 10 year old kid cut lawns or nine years old. (laughs) My parents would be arrested for child abuse now, you know, but I started um, doing all that kind of stuff and weeding gardens and putting down mulch and, and I started just trading money real early. And, and that one thing led to another. I did that in high school. And now my high school friends tell me that they actually work for me, <laughs> which I totally forget. But uh, they were working for me in high school. And uh, so I had a business there. And I, I literally truly did pay my way through college. And I paid my way through Duke, which, you know, that's saying something. I sold a business. Yeah, it's a pretty penny there. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty penny. So that's kind of, I mean, the reason I think I want to just keep it simple. I think this happens with a lot of entrepreneurs you start on a journey and it goes organically and you're like, oh, wow, I like this. I like making money. And then you just keep going. So that's what happened with me. Well, and, and it looked to me like you also spent some time working with the Small Business Administration and, yes. and, and sort of becoming a resource uh, for, for the state and the community. Yeah, that was well. Well, I got to say this. I know it's hokey, but it's Friday. It's Friday. We can be hokey on a Friday. I got to throw out some love to a couple of people and organizations. Um, You're part of one of them. Uh, A guy named Bill Morgan hired me at Beaufort Community College at at a place called the Small Business Center. You're familiar with them Mm -hmm. in uh, in Little Washington, North Carolina. He hired me to give a course called Financing Your Business based upon a publication that I wrote from the uh, for the SBA. And it was basically, you know, how does finance a small business? Well, Bill hired me to give a course. Uh, long story short is all the small business centers in North Carolina within two years um, had started hiring me, including yours, uh, to do courses in small business management. And so uh, these, these guys, I mean, I just totally love them because they, they truly gave me a, my start in business. It all started with the small business centers. And you're right, I was involved with the SBA as well. But it all happened in North Carolina. Here I am, some guy from Connecticut, and uh, the, the people in North Carolina really embraced me, and that's how I started my career. And, and you guys got stuck with me down here in North Carolina. I didn't go back to Connecticut. <laughs> well, we're, we're very happy to have you. And, and uh, as, as we were talking a little before before we uh, started taping, uh, I, uh, I and the rest of our Small Business Center Network uh, have had the opportunity to work with your, your previous company, 
called SageWorks with your product called Profit Sense, which we work we use to have, to help our clients uh, as they build financial models for their business. But yeah, you had a very successful company. You sold it. Some people might go out and and buy an island and put their feet up, but instead you created something called the the Brian Hamilton Foundation. So tell us, you know, what was your thought process there, and and uh, what uh, what sort of services does the Brian Hamilton Foundation provide? Sure. Well, listen, so I'm still looking at the island, by the way. Well, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I wake up in the morning, I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is unbelievable. But but on a serious note, uh, Brian Hamilton Foundation, what's it about? You know, you see the billboards and the radio stuff and TV and all this. We help people become entrepreneurs. It was absolutely systemic, endemic, and every emic to my life to be an entrepreneur and it brought me to a whole different social strata and I got to see things. And, and so my whole journey has been about being an entrepreneur and we want to help people start businesses. And I also believe it's possible for anybody to start a business. So we teach people how to start businesses. We're obviously in partnership with, with you folks at the small business centers, but my dream is to get entrepreneurship to everybody and simple entrepreneurship uh, what's wrong with a lawn service? What's wrong with a car detailing business? What's wrong with a painting business? Let's even if it's a side hustle and you got your full time job, that's our journey. We're not necessarily here to create the next uh, Microsoft. We're happy to do it, but bring that to everybody. Well, it's interesting. I recently had an opportunity to participate in a program called Ice House, which is put on by, uh, I guess, was developed by the Kauffman Foundation and uh, uh, NC Idea, another North Carolina organization is really trying to push that out there. And, and, you know, one of the things that they talk about is, is, uh, you know, it's really not necessarily about having money. It's really about having the right entrepreneurial mindset uh, to to pursue businesses, whether it be lawn care or 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 a technology company, yeah. so it's 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 really yeah. we're getting your mind right. Yeah, it's true. And then, but by the way, I'm glad you actually mentioned that because it's good, really helpful. Uh, we focus on the person wants to fish; they want to catch a largemouth bass. Okay, they want to do it in a lake. We 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 show them how to hold the pole how to bait the hook, how to put the lure on, how to cast it, the speed to bring it in at, the, 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 uh, the bass bites, it goes down, how to set the hook and how to reel it in. Very, very practical stuff, not business planning. Other people cover that. Not psychology stuff. Other people cover that. Like you mentioned Ice House, that's great stuff. But ours is very practical. How do you start a low capital service business step-by-step? that anyone could understand. So that's kind of our bailiwick. Well, you know, when, when you, when you work with folks these days, um, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you see as the biggest challenges for, for people when it comes to starting a business and, and you know, what sort of, you, you, you talk about some of the, the, the practical things you provide. I, I, I think you have some online training and, and, yes. and whatnot. What sort of tools do you uh, have available to people to, to help them take those steps? Well, we have online courses. We have Starter U uh, that's been well received. It's a, I mean, it's really like literally eight hours. If you take this eight hours, you can go start a business. We show you exactly how to do it, what to do. Um, we're, we're releasing Starter High. Um, I've been up to um, Catawba County a couple of times, actually talking to the kids about how to start a, a business. I love working with the middle school kids and the high school kids, but. 
that's going to be geared for the young people. But I want to go back to your question. It's a good one. Why don't people start businesses fear? You know, like you drive to work. Maybe you drive to work. I don't know. You drive to work. You jog to work. You probably use a car, right? You're not afraid of a car because you know how to do it. But maybe when you were 15 or 16, that was a little overwhelming. Fear is the biggest reason people don't start businesses. So we try to simplify everything, Jeff, to, to make sure that people know, hey, this is not just for some, some guy out in Silicon Valley with the Steve Jobs glasses. This is basically for you. Anyone can do this. And we make it simple. So we try to get them over that fear. It, you know, it, well, looking at your information and, and some of your background, uh, you know, one of the things that really seems to be a focus of yours is that you, you've really done a lot of reaching out to the prison system and you've developed a program called Inmates to Entrepreneur. Uh, you know, to, how did that come about? And, and tell us what you're doing there uh, with uh, inmates in, in North Carolina. Yeah. So that's been something I've been doing for 27 years. It's called Inmates to Entrepreneurs. And basically, it's just what we're doing with everybody. We help people who have been incarcerated or are incarcerated to start their own small businesses. It's the same basic approach. doesn't matter whether I'm teaching this at Harvard or in a prison. How do you actually get out and start a business? The story, the backstory to it, I've told it so many times that I'm, I'm sort of boring myself, but it's a nice story, actually. I was good friends uh, through the 7J program with the SBA with a guy um, named uh, Reverend Robert Harris. And Rev is a just great guy, the kind of guy, you know, you walk into the room and the room lights up. He's just a wonderful person. I loved hanging out with him. He's a Baptist minister come out of Oxford, North Carolina, and he would do Bible ministry stuff at different prisons. I just like being with him. So he asked me to come along one day. And I think I went to Orange Correctional back in 1991 or 92, something like that. And um, he was doing his ministry work, and I just was tagging along. And one of the fellows came up to me. It was a men's prison. One of the fellows came up to me and said, you know, make small talk. And I said, what are you going to do when you get out? And the guy said, oh, I'm um, um, going to go get a job. And I was like, oof. And I said in in the back of my mind, I'm like, wow, that might be hard to do with a record. I didn't say that to him. I don't want to discourage him. But that might be hard to do. And then that was the light bulb idea for inmates to entrepreneurs, which is instead of going out and get a job, go create one, go be an entrepreneur. And then Reverend Harris and I, who was an entrepreneur, started uh, going prison to prison, teaching people how to start their own low capital businesses. And so so are you still going into prisons and, and, oh, yeah. and are, there, are there certain challenges? I mean, I, I, I would think there are a lot of challenges when it deals when it comes to dealing with with that population. I mean, uh, you, you mentioned that sometimes it's hard for them to get hired. I suspect there are certain right. types of businesses that that uh, are more challenging for them to start than others. I mean, what uh, what have you found doing that sort of work? Um, yeah, we definitely still doing it. It, it, it. It's like any like most businesses are like movements, right? You start with one or two people. In this case, it was me and Reverend Harris, and we just started to go to more and more places. I still go to prisons personally. I love doing that. It's a big part of my life, and we still teach in prisons. Although that program has evolved now, we've got in-person courses in different communities throughout North Carolina, and we do mentoring, and of course. You know, it's been 27 years, so it's kind of evolved, and it's a big part of my life. And, uh, and of course, you learn a lot about it. But I will say this. You know, 
people in prison are people. To me, it's not like MSNBC lockdown with the big tattoos all over the place. It's they're people. So if you relate to them as people, um, you get no problems. I mean, it's just it, they're just like they're like all of us. They've made mistakes. And, and our view is that, you know, maybe getting a job for them, it's fine. We don't discourage people to get a job. But if getting a job is not for you, here's this alternative called entrepreneurship to give you a legitimate second chance. You also seem to focus a lot of your work on reaching out to students. You mentioned middle school. You mentioned high school. Yeah, I, I think that if, if you or I look out at the statistics these days, uh, you know, some of the macro statistics indicate that the, the level, you know, the, the rate of people starting businesses seems to be declining. Yes. Uh, yeah, there, 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 you know, there, there are some concerns out there about that. Yeah. You know, it sounds to me like you're trying to, to you know, uh, get them while they're young and plant some seeds there. What's, uh, you know, what sort of work are you doing with the students and, and why do yeah. you think it's important to reach out to the students? Yeah, well, it's another really, truly another great question. It was always in my heart. I didn't have time when I was building Sageworks because it was just too much, a lot of work. So we really, I focused on prisons, but it was always in my heart. Let's get the people when they're young enough where we can change the trajectory of their life. Let's get the kids, like, for example, as you know, uh, boys, the break point for boys is about 12 or 13 years old, you know. You get to 14 and 15, not to say they can't change their life, but it gets harder and harder. So let's get to kids early. And by the way, you know, this whole idea, everybody, to be a human being, you got to go to college. Why is this? This is not true. Um, you can have a great life and not go to college. You can get a great life. You can go be a plumber. You can get a plumbing license. You can mm-hmm. run a plumbing business. You can be an entrepreneur. This whole idea that the only way to be successful in our society is to go to college is bunk. You don't need to just go to college. You can do other things. So I love going to the kids. They're very real. They're very honest. If you engage them in a very honest way, they always have lots of great feedback. They're fun too, by the way, they're good at making fun of you. (laughs) So we have, so we, as you probably know, so we have, we have a good time, but I really like to get to the kids to let them know that there's an alternative to just the traditional education track. Yeah, and we do some programs, you know, as as we said, you know, you, uh, uh, you know, we're on the community college campus. We we've got uh some kids that might want to go on to secure a four-year degree, some sure. that uh, might be pursuing more of a uh, vocational type training where they can be a plumber or, or be a welder and, and, yeah. or be a cosmetologist. But, you know, in our view, all those people are potential entrepreneurs. They probably Absolutely. can start their own business and, and, you know, you sort of like what you're saying, you don't have to, uh, uh, get a four year degree for some people. It's the right thing to do, but it's, there's, there's not one track that's out there. It's, uh, there, there are a lot of different tracks that they have. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, by the way, it's going back to the question I didn't answer. I apologize. I missed it. You mentioned something that's very important, even though entrepreneurism is cooler than it was when I got out of school. Like when I got out of school, if you called yourself an entrepreneur, that meant you were unemployed. (laughs) You might remember those days. All right. But I mean, you know, and but it's become cooler. But actually, the rate of ownership in small businesses is going down. And it's really alarming to me because those businesses represent people who are seeking freedom. Those businesses represent 
new job creation and innovation. So we want to stem that tide. And I know you and Ann Shaw and the Small Business Center directors want to do that too. Well, we, we, we certainly do. I mean, I, I think some of it also comes from when, when the economy is doing very well, the unemployment rate is very low. I think maybe some complacency sometimes yeah. comes into, into it in that, uh, uh, you know, if, if I don't like my job, I might be able to go out and get another one. And, and, um, uh, you know, workers are in demand, uh, I've done this work for seven or eight years and, and back, uh, in uh, you know and and or, or looking back to 2008 and and some of the times when the economy was not doing as well there were right. more people coming into small business centers saying hey i i can't find a job i got to find i got to figure out my own my own uh, journey here and i might need to start that landscaping business or or lawn care business and that's yeah. not always the best reason to start a business but but sometimes that drives people to entrepreneurship and they find that hey i can take control of my life that way and and move forward from there I think life is, I mean, I know it sounds like a bumper sticker, but some bumper stickers are true. I think life is about giving people options. You know, maybe, you know, being an entrepreneur is not for everybody. I don't say it is, and I know you don't, but a good option. And by the way, what's wrong with running a great plumbing business? And tell me why running a great plumbing business is less important than running Facebook. And you can't make that argument because it's not true. We all are contributing to uh, this society that we're in in our own way. And if we can take somebody out of a community college who's got a, a plumbing license and turn them into an entrepreneur, they can provide their, for their family. What's wrong with that? We need good plumbers. We need good builders. We need good electrical contractors. And we obviously don't have enough. So I love what the uh, community colleges are doing. We shouldn't take that for granted. You never... You guys are wonderful. You never tell me what to say or you never prompt me. But, you know, people in this state don't understand that. We got these 58 community colleges by last my last count. And, you know, a lot of states don't have those community colleges. My kids went to Wake Forest. Um, my other kid went to Carolina, by the way, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully. But um, my kids went to Wake Forest and Carolina, right? And that, that's fine. But what's wrong with going to a community college to get your two-year degree you save a lot of money, and then you can go to another college. This is a, a it's a great state for opportunities. We need to take advantage of them. Well, and I, I think regardless of what state you're in these days, if you want to start a plumbing business, I think you can make some pretty good money doing Absolutely. that right now. So, so uh, well, I, wait, can I wait? Wait, I gotta just throw this in real quick on that point. I, I'm jumping through the screen. I was uh, at a session yesterday, Jeff, and uh, it was another small business leader, and I said. Well, how much do you pay people when they get out? You know, it'd be, uh, it was plumbing. It was, in fact, it was a veteran-owned business uh, associate of mine uh, down in Wilmington. How much do you pay? $70,000 a year. And what, you know, I mean, holy crow, that's to be an employee. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to change. I need to change professions and go get my plumbing license. Well, there you go. There you go. So, Brian, you, I, I know that uh, our small business center network is is going to be uh, hosting a webinar that you're going to be putting on in February called "How to Start a Business with a Thousand Dollars or Less." Right. And yeah, you know, you know, one of the one of the things that we always hear is uh, startup capital. There's not enough startup capital out there, but you know, it sounds to me like you know, your thought process is it's not always a capital issue. So. Uh, you know, how do you how do you look at startup capital and you know, what, what are some of the things that you touch on in, in that in that session? 
Yeah, startup capital is in the head. So I'm going to do it. Watch this. It took me 56 years to do this in one minute. I want to start a painting business. I got to get a customer. I put out flyers that cost me 20 to $40. I could put them out in the neighborhood or the part of town where I know there's business. I put my flyers on mailboxes, indoors. I put them in libraries. I put them in grocery stores. I get out 150 flyers. I get a painting contract for $2,000, but I don't have any money. I get a deposit from the customer, maybe two, three, four hundred dollars to buy my supplies. I'm in business. That's what I teach. And by the way, I know for real billionaires, millionaires, everybody in between, every entrepreneur I know, no matter what their status is, started exactly that way. And we need to teach people how to start those kinds of businesses, not to go on Shark Tank or get money from equity. Which is very unlikely, as you know. Yeah, you know, I, I I have mixed feelings about Shark Tank. It's good entertainment, but right. but I, I think people watch it and say, oh, you know, there there must be lots of money out there, so I can uh, right. you know show up at a small business center or show up at a bank right. or show up at the Brian Hamilton Foundation and uh, expect that there's money floating around. And uh, yes. you know, it's been my experience that. Money finds good ideas, and and you know if you if you've got the right idea, you know you'll do okay with it. But you shouldn't get so fixated on it. Absolutely. And, and by by the way, why put your the, why put you why put your fate in the hands of other people? Start a low capital business the right way, and you can control your destiny. And you don't need to get that capital. So. You know, and I'm not sure if you're starting a tech company, but most businesses are not tech companies. Yeah. Well, I, Brian, I know that you are on a schedule. Uh, are any other any other thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners before uh, before you uh, have to take off today? Well, I don't want to go overboard about it. It's hard for me to be unattached to the small business centers. I love Ann Shaw. I love her predecessor, Gail Harvey and Gene Overton. I followed you guys for 30 years. A guy named Dean Knipe, who you may know. Um, Dean was a great guy. I don't know if he's still with us, but he's a wonderful person from, uh, from Hickory. And um, you guys do incredible work for real. We are happy to help in any way we can to develop the Small Business Center Network. It is a – well – it is a very appreciated resource, but I wish that everybody knew about it in the state of North Carolina. Well, well, and and, and you're you're a great partner. How can people find out about you, and, and where can they find out more about the Brian Hamilton Foundation? Uh, I don't know where we got the name from, but it's called the <laughs> Brian Ham- Brian Hamilton <laughs> is spelled with an I. It's the Irish way, B R I A N Hamilton and you can learn about what we do. Uh, and there, there, there are tools and resources. You mentioned yeah. uh, Startup U and, and things that people can find out there. And uh, any fees associated with that? No fees. We are a no fee. We're not. I should be one of these Tony Robbins guys. There's no fee for this, but then they end up charging you $400. There's no fees for anything that we do. Everything's free. And it's um, our way of giving back after having been so blessed over a long career. Well, Brian, I, we, we very much appreciate you uh, joining the Entrepreneur Exchange today and, and uh, we appreciate your partnership. We look forward to working with you uh, throughout the state of North Carolina with our Small Business Center Network, but, but it, uh, we really want to highlight the work that you and the Brian Hamilton Foundation are doing. So thank you so much for, for joining us today, and, and we look forward to continuing a, a great partnership.
Hey, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for inviting me. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thanks to Brian Hamilton for joining us today. I'm going to uh, spotlight a couple of small businesses that uh, I think that you should be checking out. Uh, and that, uh, unfortunately, Gary didn't make it. I, I would throw it to Gary, but Gary's not here. I'm flying solo. But lucky for me, I have two small businesses that I've come across that I wanted to uh, to share with our listeners today. So first off, a company that I've done some work with here. It's called UYOU Compression. They're located in Conover, North Carolina. They manufacture graduated compression socks and sleeves designed to ensure that lower legs and feet benefit from improved circulation. Kind of a cool company because the founder of the company is actually a medical doctor who specializes in circulation issues, and he's been assisting in actually designing the products and working with his patients uh, to make sure that they actually have medical benefit. Uh, They're made of different material, wool, cotton, acrylic. They come in different uh, sizes from no-show to quarter length, calf length, and they're also working on a thigh-high program. They come in different compression ratings from light, medium, and firm. Uh, And I've learned more about this than I intended to do in my work with them. Uh, You know, folks that are on their feet all day, uh, airline personnel, medical personnel, educational professionals can really run into some circulation issues, and and the products can be very helpful to them. So so number one, check out U-Compression at www.uyoucompression.com. They have an online store where you can... Uh, buy products there. So, uh, so that's our first small business of the of the month. And then I also wanted to spotlight one that I ran across in the Washington Post a couple months ago, and and I think I saw this one in November uh, in the Washington Post, and held off a little bit because it didn't seem like the the holiday thing I wanted to talk about. But it's a company called Rent a Friend. It's a website that allows you to rent local friends from all over the world. You can rent a local friend to hang out with, go to a movie with, go to a restaurant with, or just go to a party or event. Uh, You can work on new skills or hobby. It is strictly a platonic friendship website, uh, not a dating website, and not an escort agency. We're all all legit here. So uh, it's available in different... Uh, cities. You can find it at rentafriend.com, just the way it sounds. Just sort of weird and different, but something that uh, we thought would be of interest to our listeners. Not to say that our listeners need to find friends. We think you probably have lots of friends, but we just like to highlight interesting businesses out there. So uh, Joe Bob says, check it out. We'd like to thank the mesh.tv for hosting our Entrepreneur Exchange podcast. If you're interested in advertising, you can check them out at www.themesh.tv backslash advertise. Uh, and you should also just check out all the other cool and interesting podcasts that are going on at the mesh.tv. A lot of cool things going on there. If you have a suggestion for the Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, Email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. We want to thank Brian Hamilton for joining us today. 
Uh, best wishes to everyone, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, talking to you again next month where my companion, Gary, will be back with us. Have a great month. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.